Hi, you're listening to The Business of Farming, a series of talks from the Young Farmer Business Programme brought to you by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. I'm Selena Shannon, and this episode was recorded at the 2020 conference in Dubbo. Earlier in the series, we shared with you a talk by Sterling Mortlock, former Wallabies captain turned finance and business advisor. He spoke about switching our closed mindset to a growth mindset. So a closed mindset person will will always say, this is the way I do it, this is how I do it, and I don't do anything. And basically, if things go wrong, well, that's because of this and this and this. Whereas a growth mindset person will always look at opportunities as growth opportunities. And I look at something and say, okay, what's the best way that I can, I can do this, this, this core role right now? Now, it's all well and good to say, just change your mindset. But in a time where the future of agriculture seems uncertain, applying a growth mindset can be challenging. Chris Helder is a writer and professional speaker, and he has an alternative take on positive mindsets. Ready? Positive thinking doesn't work. In the session you're about to hear, Chris speaks to young farmers about the simple shift we can all make to transform positive thinking from a feeling into an action. It's been a big uh, couple of days for everybody here. Uh, my name's Chris Helder, and... Well, thanks for having me back to Dubbo. This is actually my third trip to Dubbo in the last 12 months, so it is uh, good to be here. I did a big presentation for the uh, city of Dubbo, and uh, well, just quickly, just quickly, uh, since I was here last, uh, or if you've never seen me before, is my accent uh, is my accent still there? Is it still there? Yeah, it, it is. Gosh, you know, I have actually lived in Australia for the last 20 years, so I do keep asking the question: How long before I get to be Aussie? How long before I get to be Aussie? In fact, just recently I was doing a conference. I said, how long before I get to be Aussie? And this guy shouted out of the back of the room. He said, two generations, mate. <laughs> so no time soon for that guy anyway. But suffice to say, uh, it is absolutely a thrill to be back. And uh, I'm actually really excited to share an idea with you today. And I, and I say I'm going to share an idea with you. I'm going to share with you a simple shift. Uh, a simple shift. Just quickly, my background is psychology and sociology. I graduated from a place called Colorado State University. Uh, I grew up in a small country town in Colorado, and uh, you know what? I graduated in psychology, sociology, and then I went off, uh, and I was a part of the, well, I was a part of the uh, administration that sent me out to a place called Compton, California. I spent two years working in Compton with underprivileged kids, straight out of Compton. And uh, there it was. That's Los Angeles. I was in my early 20s, and I was single. Actually, I might stop there. Because uh, it was Los Angeles. I was in my early 20s, and I was single. And that is an awesome trifecta. And uh, wouldn't you know, I happened. I happened to wander into a bar, and I met a girl. A girl from Ballarat. <laughs> As you do. Well, her name was Nat. Nat from Ballarat. And, uh, <laughs> Anyway, Nat from Ballarat and I got along pretty well. In fact, uh, we went out for about a month, and then uh, three months later, I was engaged to her roommate. Uh, <laughs> that was the short version of the story. Actually, Lucy, a Melbourne girl, and I actually got married four months later. We could actually talk about impulsive decision-making today, if you like. But nonetheless, she lured me back over here, and I have to say, I do pinch myself at what I get to do, because uh, for the past 18 years, I get a chance to travel all over the world and talk about my favorite subject, which is people. Uh, let me ask, how many people in this room find people interesting, just out of curiosity? I was at a Christmas party. This guy walked up to me, and uh, I think this guy had, had a couple drinks, and he walked up to me, and he looked at me, and he stared at me, and he said, uh, someone just told me you were uh, 
Someone just told me you were a motivational speaker. Why don't you say something right now to motivate me? And I remember what he said that. I was like, man, it doesn't work like that. He's like, what do you do? Do you stand in front of people with your American accent and just tell people to just be positive? Is that what you do? Just like be positive about bad stuff? Like, is that what, is that, is that true? And the guy was poking the bear a little bit, and I get that, but he was probably asking the same thing you're asking right now. Is there something new? Is there something new, or is this guy in his T-shirt going to stand up here and tell us just to be happy, even though a lot of things might not be very happy at all? Uh, well, no, I'm not. And actually, I'll tell you what. I looked at the guy, and I said, no, I don't tell people to be positive for one simple reason. And here's idea number one for today. I looked at him, and I said this, one simple reason. Ready? Positive thinking doesn't work. What, Chris? Positive thinking's a staple in modern motivation. I know you think that, but not really. Not so much. I mean, in fact, not really. In fact, if you've been in a rut the last three months, or the last you know, three years, or if you've been in a rut the last three decades, the fact of the matter is if I walked up to you and said, come on, man, just be positive. Just try to be positive. Come on, man, be positive. Just be positive. What would you want to do to me right now? Again, with the young farmer violence. There it is, right? <laughs> It's not be positive. Instead, I teach this word useful. Boom, it's not positive. In fact, the studies show this, that when you lay in bed in the morning, go, come on, Chris, just be positive. It's okay, you can do it, man. Just be positive. Just be positive. You can do it. Now, by 10 o'clock, when something bad happens, you are unable to sustain your level of positivity. The studies show you actually feel worse about yourself than when you started. I can't even do positive well. Right? We feel worse about ourselves. So it's not positive. It's this word useful. Because if you have been in a rut the last three weeks, the last three months, or if you're planning to be in a rut the next three weeks, or the next three months, the fact of the matter is this, to get from zero to two, it's not positive, it's useful. What's the most useful thing for you to do to get from zero to two in your business? What's the most useful action for you to take to get from two to five, or to get from five to eight, or anything in between? Now to do this, by the way, I want to just talk about this just for a second, right? This is the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Let's start right there. Now hang on a second. I know a lot of people right there, right then, have gone, what? No, it's not. It is not. 2017, better times. 2015, better times. 2009, I could smoke at my goddamn desk. Better times, better times. <laughs> and I know it's easy to think it's a different time, but you know what, here's the thing. I don't want to start off today on a bad note, but I think I need to let's all get on the same page here, just so we all know. The survival rate on this planet is exactly Zero percent. None of us are getting out of here alive. <laughs> now, that's an important thing to know. The fact is, you're going to be nothing more than a paragraph on Ancestry.com in a hundred years' time. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> it's important to know that because this is it. It's not 2015. It's not 2030, and it doesn't matter. It's the year 2020, and this is all we got. This is your time. Well, let's actually do this, and I'll talk a little bit about the brain as well. I'll talk a little bit about the brain, but this is the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Is it true? I have no idea. Actually, that's my second thing here. Ready? Hang on a second. Is it true? I don't know. Truth? Mm, I don't know. Truth? You were taught a lot of things in your life that were supposedly true. A lot of those things didn't turn out to be true at all, by the way. Uh, in fact, now that you have an adult brain, sometimes those things look a little bit silly when you look back at them. Now, how you believe is different. How you believe about your truth is different. But I, here, let's make this come alive. Your brain decides what you see. It, ultimately, if you say this is the best time in the history of the world to be alive, you walk outside and what do you see? You see a tree and a flower and a puppy and a baby 
and you will find beautiful things in the world. Now, a lot of people don't believe that. They believe in tough times. Chris, these are tough times. These are some tough, tough times. These are some tough coronavirus times. Tough, <laughs> tough times. Now, by the way, I want to support you today as well if you are a tough times person. There are people here who are like, Chris, I am cynical, I am jaded, and I am angry, and I am not changing. <laughs> Now that's fine. If that's you, I want to support you today as well. I do recommend, by the way, if that's you, I do recommend watching a lot of media. I think the news will help. It will heighten your, uh, <laughs> heighten your general paranoia. I think that will help. I would try to watch Current Affair. Um, I'd watch Today Tonight. I'd try, I think they're on the same time. You might have to record one, then you can watch them sort of back to back. I think that, that will that'll blow your mind. Then you'll realize like, things like how your home appliances are killing you. It'll be incredible stuff. <laughs> watch a lot of reality TV. Don't just watch maths, but learn about the characters as well. Learn about them. Gentlemen, go find yourself a nice girl like Ennis. And, and look, I think with that, um, I think we'll learn about healthy relationships. In fact, your brain will, in fact, go find tough, tough times. But for the rest of you, right? The rest of you, as we take a look at our reality, the most important part of your brain when it comes to your success is called the reticular activating system. This is simple. You don't have to remember that, by the way. This is a filter. All you have to know is you have a filter. You have a filter which filters out and shows you what you see. In fact, you know, right now, if I said to you, well, let me ask, how many people, uh, how many people uh, drove to Dubbo as part of this conference? Who drove? Just out of care. And on your way in, how many times did you see a red Toyota on the way in? The answer was zero, because you weren't looking for red Toyotas. But if right now, you and I right now decided to buy a red Toyota together, first of all, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? But second of all, <laughs> if we did, on the way home, next time you get in your car, knowing you're going to buy a red Toyota, you know what? All of a sudden, you're going to start seeing these things where, boom, they're popping. That's it. That's your filter. That's what you got to focus on. That's what you got to know you have. This is the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea if it's true. I know this. I know it's useful. Like, you know, I mean, I have three teenage boys. People say all the time, I can't believe kids today. I can't believe kids today with their iPhones and computer games. I can't believe this young generation. I can't believe this young generation of farmers. They don't understand what I started with, right? And you get the tough, 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 tough story, right? That's it. People ask me, they say, Chris, what do you think about this generation today? And I say, well, I have three teenage boys, and they're my three favorite people on the planet. What do I think about kids today? Um, I, I think this is the greatest time in the whole history of the world to be a kid. I think it is the most fantastic time in the whole history of the world to be a dad. I think it is the most phenomenal time in the history of the world to be a parent. Question, is that true or not? I have no idea if it's true or not. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I know this is useful. Because when I believe it's the best time in the history of the world to be a dad, an amazing thing happens. I'm a better dad. I'm actually dialed into the year 2020. I'm not focused on the Def Leppard concert that I went to in 1989. I'm actually focused on what's going on right now. This is the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Best time in the history of the world to be a farmer. Best time in the history of the world. Now there's people in this room under a lot of pressure. People with family farms trying to hold them together. Right? A lot of pressure, and that's a reality, and I'm not saying you don't have a reality. There's other people that want to buy a farm. That's your dream, right? And you're trying to figure out, and it seems impossible. You have a reality right now with the amount of money you have in your bank account and trying to figure out how you're going to make that work with a lease. How's that going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? Right? There's other people in this room in all sorts of different situations. We all have a reality. I'm not saying we don't have a reality. But we do have choice in how we're going to take a look 
at that reality. And let me ask you this question. What's the most useful belief for you to have about your reality? Let me make this come alive. All right, now we say this. This is the best time in the history of the world I have a reality. My reality is travel, all right? I have a lot of travel in my life. Last year, I did 176 presentations. I went overseas 13 times. I uh, rode on 159 airplanes, and I stayed 100 nights in a hotel. Now, when I say that to people, they love to come up to me and say people things, because people love to say people things. People come up and say people things. They're like, Chris, I heard what you said about all that travel. That's a lot of travel. Man, if I were you, I would hate all that travel. Man, you must hate all those, all those airplanes. If I were you, I would hate all those airplanes. Man, you must hate all those hotels, man. If I were you, I'd hate all those hotels. You must be alone all the time, Chris. If I were you, I would hate being so alone, alone, alone all the time. You must be so alone. Now, people love to come up to me and say things like this, and I live in Melbourne. So you know what? I guess I could change it. I live in Melbourne. I could just do Melbourne gigs. That would solve it. No more travel. Except that would affect my income, and that would affect my lifestyle. Most of all, I don't want to. Because you know what? I love doing this. So if I'm not going to change it, then I might as well have a, well, I might as well have a useful belief about it. What's my useful belief about travel? I love airplanes. I love them. I got one this afternoon, a little Rex job going to Sydney in the rain. Looking forward to that one. I love airplanes, I love airports, I love, I love hotels, I love hotel sheets, and I am alone all the time. Last couple times I've come to Dubbo, there I am, walking up and down the streets of Dubbo, alone, alone, alone. <laughs> Wandering into the Castlereagh, alone, alone, alone. Wandering through the streets of San Antonio, Texas, alone. You know what I love? Aloneness, that's what I love. By the way, some people out here right now are going, oh, Chris, I'm lonely right now. I'm feeling lonely in my life right now. I'm lonely. Don't be lonely. Don't get dialed into lonely. There's no power in lonely. Get dialed into aloneness. Loneness, more power in aloneness. That's a useful belief. Well, this is the best time in the history of the world to be alone. People are like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. Imagine being alone in the year 1778. You'd have lived in some little thatch roof shack somewhere in northern Europe, right? The wind had been whipping through in the middle of the night. You'd been freezing your ass off while you knitted some crappy little sweater. It would have sucked. That would have been terrible. <laughs> Today, 3 a.m., you got 242 things you can do by yourself alone to make yourself happy at 3 a.m. by yourself. It's the greatest time in the history of the world to be alone, right? I mean, whatever your situation is. I had somebody come to me recently. They were like, Chris, Chris, I'm 55. I just got divorced. I'm broke. I was like, fantastic. Right? Congratulations. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I said, it's the best time in the history of the world to be 55 and broke. Best time ever. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, imagine you were 55 and broke in 1929. The only job you'd be able to get is shoveling coal. That would have sucked. All right, instead, you know what? You got 40 years to fix your brain, get, your, get yourselves right. You know what? Life begins at insert age. Life begins. If you're 70 years old sitting out here, and if you're 70 years old, you're probably in the wrong spot. But nonetheless, here we go. <laughs> but if you're 70 years old and you wandered in off the street today, congratulations. Life begins at 70 years old. And by the way, life does begin at 70 years old. This is your time. Right? Life begins at 44. If you're 44, life begins at 44 years old. By the way, you move differently when you believe life begins at 44. Life begins at 22. And if you're 22, you're like, of course it does. Have a look at me. Right? There it is. 
Either way, life begins and insert age. This is all we got. This is our time. This is our time. Now, you know what? Two things will stop your growth. And everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. And I suppose we could sit around and we could compete about sad, sad stories. We could. Right? We could all sit around. You could go, no, Chris, it's harder for me. And somebody else would say, no, it's actually harder for me. Right? And we could sit around and do this. We all have a reality. And two things will stop your growth this year wherever you are. Number one, focusing on, complaining about, carrying on, bitching about things that you can't control. There are things you can't control. Last time I checked weather, unfortunately, falls under that category. Right? <laughs> we cannot control the weather. And on the lighter side of weather, by the way, living in Melbourne, it's always funny. I'll do a conference in the Gold Coast, and people always like to say to me, Chris, I can't believe you live in Melbourne. Can't believe you live in Melbourne. I could never live in Melbourne without weather. Couldn't live in Melbourne without weather. Well, I got three teenagers, so I can't leave. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> if I can't change it, and I can't change leaving Melbourne, and I can't change the weather, well, I might as well have a useful belief about it. What's my useful belief about Melbourne weather? I love Melbourne weather. I love it. I love that it is four seasons in one quarter of footy. I love that. <laughs> I love the fact that in the summertime, it goes 42, 42, 43, 16. I love that. <laughs> Do you take your stupid little Gold Coast 27? Ugh, take that. I'll take variety. Thank you very much. <laughs> We start thinking about our reality. Two things will stop your growth. The first thing will stop your growth is focusing on complaining about carrying on, bitching about things you cannot control, right? We know there's things we cannot control. What's your most useful belief and most useful actions for you to take in situations that you cannot control? Number two is even more important, and that's focusing on, complaining about, carrying on about, bitching about things that you will not change. Now, if you're not going to change it, then you might as well have a useful belief about it. Now, you could change it, by the way. What is your name here in the front, sir? Justin. Justin? Justin? Justin, I can see you. Now, Justin. Justin, Justin. Justin, you're here today. You're in the front row. That's right. You're excited. You're here for a reason, I suppose. Yeah. All right. He's pumped, man. Here's Justin. Here he is. Justin, right now, if he wanted to, he could change everything. Justin, you could right now, you know what, uh, you, I suppose you right now could go get yourself one of those wicked vans. Just go get a van and drive up to Port Douglas. And you could just go live in the back of a van, right? That's it. Just grow your hair back out. And right there you'd be, Justin, smoking the good stuff in the back of a van, smoking dope, living in Port Douglas, vanlife.com.au. You could do that, couldn't you? Anybody could do that. You could make a change. But here's the thing. If you're not going to change it, and this is what you're going to do, and you're going to commit to this industry, and you're going to commit to your job, and you're going to commit to your farm, and you're going to commit to your partner, if this is what you're going to do, you're going to commit to your family, then you might as well have a useful belief about it. This is the best time in the history of the world to be, best time in the history of the world to be a young farmer. Best time in the history of the world to be in this industry. Is it true? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's about having a useful belief. It's about having a useful belief because it is a reality. We can't change the reality. Reality is reality. Now it's about how you're going to attack it. Have a useful belief about it. There's women in this room wake up every day with a reality. Every day they think to themselves, they wake up, they wake up next to that same person. Day in, day out, day in, day out. That same person every morning. And some mornings they think to themselves, I'm going to look over there in a minute, and it's not going to be him. It's going to be Bradley Cooper. <gasps> I'm going to have a look. I'm going to count it down right now. Three, 
two, one. Nope, it's still him. <laughs> now, here's the thing. We could change it. They could change it. They could, but if you're not, not going to change it, then we might as well have a useful belief about it. You know what bad things happen to? Bad things happen to really, really good people. Bad things happen to really good people. In fact, people have asked me how I came up with the idea of useful belief. I came up with the idea of a useful belief, of useful belief on an airplane. Surprise, surprise. Only this time I was going from San Francisco to Sydney. And I was on that flight from San Francisco to Sydney because I was coming back from my father's funeral. And by the way, that's, uh, that was three. I lost my father-in-law. I'd lost my uh, father-in-law at 61, my uh, father at 66, my stepfather at 69. So uh, if you're in your 60s uh, and you want to be a mentor to me, don't hang out with me. Here's the thing. But I was coming back from my father's funeral and I was on the plane. And when I got back to Australia, I had 18 presentations to deliver in the next four weeks. And I'll give you the tip. I didn't want to. I didn't feel motivated. I didn't feel motivating. I felt angry. And I felt super, super sad. And you know what? I'm a journal writer, so I sort of write in my journal. Sometimes I'm angry, write in my journal, and like two sentences take up the whole page, and that was it. I was like, thinking about my mind space. I was like, this is not useful, exclamation point. I need a new belief, exclamation point. And I saw those two words on the page, useful belief. And they popped out, and I wrote them at the bottom of the page, useful belief. I liked the way they looked. Actually, when I got to Sydney and I Googled them, I realized nobody else had ever written down useful belief. Oh, I liked them even more. <laughs> but I came up with a useful belief that day. Those 18 audiences that I was going to go present to in my time of grief, in my time of grief, those 18 audiences that I was going to present to, you know what? They were going to give me a gift. This is my useful belief. They were going to give me a gift in my time of grief. They were going to give me their time. In fact, you didn't know this today, but today you're giving me the greatest gift you could possibly give me. You're giving me your time. And when somebody gives me their time, it's my job to give you everything I got. Right? You may not like what I have to say today, and i got to be honest with you, I'm totally okay with that. There's nothing I can do to control that. There may be people in this room who are going, I am not going to have another experience with a short American man. I've had too many experiences. I can't control that, but you know what I can't control? The same thing you control every day, your output, how you show up every day with a useful belief. Is what you're thinking about useful? Is what you're about to do useful? And making the best of a bad situation, if you want to think about it like that, that's one thing, but this is better. It's about useful belief about your life. What are the useful activities and things that deliver results? I did a TED Talk this year, and Jess did the cartoon uh, for my TED Talk, which is on my website, uh, and I, I just love it. So it's so cool to, to see her doing it again with this. Uh, it's great. Uh, if any of you are interested in the idea of useful belief, you can hop on the website, by the way. Uh, my website's chrishelder.com. If you cannot remember that, my name's Chris Helder, and uh, just add .com. Um, <laughs> actually, just quickly for social, they told me, the, well, you know what, young farmers, let's quickly just show everybody uh, how much energy everybody's got. Little hands in the air here in Dubbo. What, what have we got? One, two, three. Yeah, there we go. That's it. I love it. That's cool. Um, all right. Let's keep going. You know what? Once we get useful belief down, and I say this, is this useful? What's a useful thought? What's not a useful thought? And we are mean to ourselves, by the way. We are mean to ourselves. Actually, you know what? We live in a world that's mean to us in a lot of ways, and we need to come up with better useful beliefs about how we handle it. I mean, every day we get told how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to eat, right? I mean, how we're supposed to appear, how we're supposed to, how we're supposed to work out. Every day it's something different. And you know what? I was actually in my hotel room just before Christmas, alone, 
alone, alone. And on the Today Show, there was another one of these little health and fitness gurus who came on telling me how I'm supposed to be working out. And you know what this guy said? He said this. He goes, actually, we're not advocating stretching anymore. And I was like, what? Stretching? I like that. I do that every day. What are you talking? But every day it's something different, right? Just stuff in our stuff on Facebook. There we are flipping through on Facebook, right? Looking, and there's your friend on her stupid Greek holiday, and you're like, whatever, you skinny little, right? And there we are flicking through. <laughs> I mean, told how we're supposed to eat this world, how we're supposed to eat. Remember we were only eating meat? We we're only eating meat. That was a protein-only diet. Ate like the caveman, they said. Only meat, only pro Why? Cavemen live to be 32. Why? <laughs> Then there was the big push to just fruit, just fruit, just eat fruit. And there was just juice, like in Australia alone. It was like, get on a juice diet. Like Australia sold like two million juicers around the country. Then we realized sugar was bad. That was a problem for the juice. All right, that was it. Now, I don't know. I was always taught, have a good breakfast. You'll have a good day. No, apparently not. Not now. Not now. Now you're supposed to stop eating at 6 p.m. Do not eat again for an 18-hour starvation period of time. I don't know. Now, eat for five days, they say. Starve for two. I, like, I, I don't know. Then for a while, they had me in something called ketones. I was putting butter in my goddamn coffee. I don't know. <laughs> but my point is this. We get hit with a lot of information every day. And what I'd say to you is this. In your life, we need to narrow that down and ask yourself one question. Is what you're about to do useful? Is what's useful and what's not? What's income producing, what's not? What's result producing, what's not? Who's useful, who's not? And sometimes, by the way, we gotta get rid of people in our life who are not useful, right? Toxic people. 2020 is a year to get rid of toxic people, by the way, and toxic people are people that make you feel worse about yourself after you spend time with them than before you did. I hope that did not affect your marriage. But either way. <laughs> Once we get our mind right with useful belief, we have a useful belief about it, our mind and our body work together, right? We start thinking about how we move. Mind, body loop, what we think about affects how we move, how we move affects how we think, right? Change our physiology, we change what we think about. Number one is posture. There's a way successful people move. There's a way successful people hold themselves. There's a way successful people carry themselves. There's a way a lot of people walk in every day to work, right? Every day as they walk up to whatever building they look up, and there they are, ready to go, thinking about everything that's wrong. Thinking about how they can't get their dad to change their mind. Dad won't embrace technology. And there they are, thinking about all the things that are wrong. Right? And there we are in those spaces. We start thinking about posture and make an impact. Make an impact on how we're actually thinking. And not just posture, but our ability to be present. Our ability to be more present than ever to think about solution. Our ability to be, we're so distracted. I know we're so distracted right now. Actually, who has small children, by the way, in this room? So look at that, lots of small kids. Small kids, they, the young kids come up to you, don't they? They go, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, have a look at the picture I drew. Have a look at the picture I drew. And how often, how often, how often do we go, that's great, sweetie, but i got to finish cooking dinner. I'll be with you in a second. And we didn't stop. We didn't actually get down. Actually, look at that. Be present to look at that picture. Look at that, look at that child, right? Look at that picture. So what is that? Is that a monkey? Is that a monkey? That, that's me, is it? I love that. And it's... Uh, <laughs> Actually, even eyes, you know, just to start to get in the habit of posture presence, posture presence, eye contact, the power of eyes. Actually, who here believes eyes are the windows to the soul? Do we believe this? I mean, eyes, just impacting people, even from here, right? I mean, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my eyes. 
eyes. Oh, <laughs> eyes. You know what? You can be walking down the main. I mean, eyes are amazing. You could be walking down the main street, right? You could be walking down. Well, you could be walking down Brisbane Street in Dub Oak. You can tell from 20 meters away. You can tell. You can tell if someone's got crazy eyes, right? <laughs> there it is. You're walking along. You're like, ooh, crazy eyes, right? That's it. Uh, by the same token, you could be driving your car. Can't you drive your car and you look up? You catch somebody's eyes like through your window and their window. You look away. You check back. You drive off. You're like it was a quick relationship, but a good one. Um, <laughs> the power of eyes. Posture presence. And I put up here posture presence, smile. And people are like, whatever, Chris, smile. This young farmers. We're like, smiling. What are you talking about smile? Well, I have to put it up here for one simple reason. Because you know what? Smile affects everything. It affects our physiology. It affects how we think. It affects how our brain starts to think about opportunities. And I say this, like, it is incredible. I, I did a gig in Double Bay in Sydney on Monday, right? A gig in Double Bay in Sydney on Monday, right? And this guy came up to me. He's like, Chris, it's actually really difficult right now to sell real estate in Double Bay. It's very difficult to sell real estate in Double Bay. And he didn't smile. He wasn't smiling. He hadn't smiled in years. It's very difficult to sell real estate in Double Bay. I'm like, no, it's not. It's difficult to sell real estate in Kabul, not Double Bay. <laughs> we start thinking about opportunity. Soon as you believe there's no opportunity, boom, your brain shuts down. These are tough times. These are some tough, tough times. And don't worry, your brain will go find them. Or there's opportunity everywhere. It's the best time in the history of the world to be you. Life begins at insert age. You look good today, and you do look good today, by the way. And I can prove that scientifically. You guys look good today. I can prove this. In fact, I will. I'll prove this right now. You look good today, and young, by the way. I'll prove this. I can take a photograph of you right now, and I could show you that photo in 10 years' time. <laughs> and when you look at that photo in 10 years' time, you're going to be like, aw, I looked good. <laughs> look how young I am there. You know what? The fact is, right, being that you're going to feel that way about your face today eventually, you might as well go with that as a useful belief. Congratulations, life begins at 70 years old. You look good today. You look good today. Life begins at 44, you look good today. Life begins at 22. Life begins at insert age. It's the best time in the history of the world to be a farmer. Best time in the history of the world to be a young farmer. Best time in the history of the world to believe in the greatest country in the entire world. Boom, Australia. What an amazing, amazing place to live. Opportunities everywhere. Well, actually, what's driving all this stuff is that number four word there, gratitude. You know what? Let me ask you. Do you think about all the things that are wrong? And I'm not saying things aren't wrong. Bad things happen. And bad things happen to really good people. In fact, you know what? Sometimes people pass away, and sometimes jobs don't work out, and sometimes businesses fail, and sometimes farms fail, and sometimes life fails, right? And it feels overwhelming in every step. But you know what? I know it feels that way. But let me ask you, do you focus on all that negativity? Or when you're there in a situation where something didn't work out in your life, do you ask yourself this question? Why did this happen, and what did I learn? My grandfather was a farmer in upstate New York. He lost his farm. Ended up working in a cannery, Seneca Foods, Seneca Foods in Rochester, New York. And you know what? Upstate New York, he was a farmer who couldn't hold it. And I know, I know, I know. I know till the day he died, he never forgave himself. I know he never forgave himself. But you know what? 
that wasn't a useful belief. That wasn't a useful belief because not everything works out. Not everything works out every single step along the way. Everything that happens in your life, how about this? Every single one of those things that happened in your life happened for a reason. It led you into this room today. The day where it's the best time in the history of the world to be a young farmer with opportunity everywhere. Every single thing led you into this room today. And this room today is the exact room you're supposed to be in to launch the rest of your life. Is that true? I don't know if it's true or not. I don't really believe it's true. I, I, uh, I know this, though. I know it's useful. Actually, you're like, Chris, I don't believe things happen for a reason. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, settle down a little bit. Second of all, all right, here we go, I'll give one to you. Every single thing happened. You finished school, right? You went to work on the farm. You did that. You had that relationship. Then you got the tattoo. That was probably a mistake, right? Then you guys broke up, and that led to this, and led to that, and now you're here in this room, and that led you into this conference, and this conference today. Well, this conference today is the exact conference you're supposed to be in to launch the rest of your life. It's the best time in the history of the world to be you. You look good today. Opportunity everywhere. Gratitude, even the words we say to ourselves. Even the words we say to ourselves. And I know tomorrow's Saturday, it's not fair. I'm going to do this for Monday. Right, what, does that, when, when do you guys, uh, Justin, when do you guys actually go home? When, when does everyone go home? Tomorrow? To, most people tomorrow, Sunday, see how you go. All right, so let's do this for Monday. <laughs> let's see, how, let's go Monday. All right, for everybody here. I'm going to put a spell on everybody if it's okay for Monday morning. Do you guys wake up in your own beds on Monday? <laughs> Not if you can help it. All right, here we go. Let's see how we go. Um, all right, Monday morning. Here we go. I'm going to put a spell on everybody. Here we go. For Monday, and I want, on Monday morning, I want you to notice what are the first five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things you say to start your day. So here we go. Here's the spell. Boom, spell's done. On Monday morning, when you wake up, I'm, well, all right, here we go. Monday morning, Monday morning, when you wake up, I'm going to pop into your bed, um, in, your, in your head. I'm going to pop into your head. And I want you to notice, what are the first five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things you say to start your day? I mean, most people wake up, don't they? they go, God, stupid alarm clock, shut up. Stupid Monday. My head hurts. Why do I drink on Sunday? Man, God. They get out of bed and they're like, man, my back's killing me. Ugh. It's not my back, it's my foot. My foot hurts. They walk past their partner who's still laying in bed and they're like, Jesus. <laughs> they get in the shower and they think about, dad wants to meet with me today. Whatever, ferret face. Right, there we are. All that. And all that abuse, by the way, happens before you look in the mirror. <laughs> That's where the real abuse starts. People look at them, what is that? It's weird. What is that? No! No! You know what? The most important words we say all day are the words we say to ourselves about ourselves when we're alone by ourselves. Most people are cruel in those moments. It's the best time in the history of the world to be a young farmer. Best time in the history of the world to be in your position. This is your opportunity. Best time in the history of the world to be single. If you're single, it's got to be, right? Tinder, it's got to be, right? This is best. <laughs> it's the best time in the history of the world to be a single parent. If you're a single parent, it's the best time in the history of the world to be in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, we start thinking about whatever your reality is. Change it. Change it or don't. But if you're not going to change it or can't change it or won't change it, you might as well come up with a useful belief about it. Or change it, by the way. Sometimes quitting something that's not working in your life is a good thing. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. That happens. But if you're not going to quit, 
then you come up with a useful belief about it. And to do these things, we need the last one right here, energy. In fact, you know what? Energy, I'm going to leave you with this useful belief. I'm going to leave you with this useful belief. And I say this. Sometimes there's a person in this room who had a big night last night, and they're like, Chris, I had a big night last night, and I've not yet taken one thing that you've had to say today, right? And sometimes people have a big night, and of course they always say, try to get one thing. I mean, that's what they all say, isn't it? Do come along to the last speaker. Um, try to get one thing. I think even if you get one thing, it'll be well worth your while if you get one thing. Come along. Come along and try to get one thing. Get one thing. It'll be worth your time if you get one thing. And there could be some guy going, I have not gotten my one thing. Well, if that's you, first of all, I'd like to welcome you to the room. My name's Chris Helder. Second of all, I'd like to give you my one thing right now. In fact, if you take this one thing, you know what? You apply this one thing, it'll change your life forever. Here we go. Ready? Last one. Energy is a decision. Energy is a choice, and you can have as much energy as you want. Now, when I say this, most people are tired. If you doubt this, just ask them. They'll tell you. <laughs> you already had this conversation today. You walk up to people go, how you going, man? They're like, yeah, good, man, I'm good. I'm just tired, man, just tired. Like, why are you so tired, man? It's like, I don't know, I got 10 hours of sleep last night. I'm just exhausted. So, you walk up to young people, 25 years old, you go, how you going, man? They're like, yeah, good, man, good. I'm just tired, man, I'm just tired. Why are you so tired, man? It's like, I don't know, I'm 25. Got the rest of my life ahead of me. I'm just exhausted. Just, just. <laughs> you know what? Energy's a choice. You can have as much as you want. I'm proud of a couple things. 2,500 presentations. Is that what you said? 2,500? 2,500 present. Whew, that's a lot. You know what? 18 years of doing this, and I'm proud of a couple things. For one thing, I've never had a sick day, not one time in 18 years. I've never missed a presentation, not ever. But I'm more proud of this. 2,500 presentations, and I don't care, by the way, if there's 50 people in the room or if there's 200 people in the room. Or I was the keynote speaker this year at the conference in Sydney that had 10,000 people in the room. And you know what? I was their opening speaker, and I don't care if there's 50 or 200 or 5,000 or 10,000. I've never, ever not showed up without an abundance of energy. Energy's a choice. You can have as much energy as you want. Energy, and I don't care if you're 17 or 77, right? The fact of the matter is life begins today. Energy is a choice, energy is a decision, and you can have as much as you want. Most people are tired. Um, I got to tell you guys, um, it, I'm so uh, honored to be a part of what you guys are doing here in Dubbo and, uh, and, and having you think about 2020, uh, it is truly an adventure out there. We have no choice. This is, this is our time. This is our time. This is your time. This is the best time in the history of the world to do whatever you want to go do. This is it. Boom. And again, you know what? We don't have another time. So let's make this the time that we want it to be. In fact, today, I'm excited. I'm going to leave you today with my favorite quote. My favorite quote uh, is by a woman, uh, by a woman who, you know what, her amazing story, her amazing words, her amazing life, and we talk about adversity and accomplishing over adversity. Her name was Helen Keller, and I want to share with you her quote because I believe this wholeheartedly. Life, she said, is one of two things. It's either a daring adventure or it's absolutely nothing. I challenge you to take on 2020. I challenge you to take on the adversity that's in front of you. Challenge is good. That's a useful belief. I challenge you to take it on and actually go make 2020 the daring adventure you want it to make. My name's Chris Helder. Thank you for inviting me along. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
That was Chris Helder, speaking at the 2020 Young Farmer Business Program Conference in Dubbo. This has been The Business of Farming, a podcast series brought to you by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. For free resources to help fast track your farm or fishing business, check out our website. The link is in the show notes. Missed any episodes? Listen back to all of them in our podcast feed. Find it in your podcast app or online. You should also check out our other podcast, Propagate, a series for young farmers. If you want to be a farmer, I sort of picture it a bit like swimming in the Murray River or the Lachlan River. You can be swimming upstream and you can be swimming for five minutes and then you look back at the bank and there's your beach towel, you haven't moved anywhere. So you're constantly fighting against interest and, and, and a lot of uh, expenses within the business. So the aim of the game is to swim quicker than the current's pulling you back. <laughs> <laughs>